Doug Fields is um, a youth worker at Saddleback Church in California, and in his book, The Purpose Driven Youth Worker, he says this, if during the formative era of youth ministry, youth workers, pioneers had created an integrated family ministry, we might, not, we might have a more holistic youth ministry approach today. Since this didn't happen, uh, we must start over developing a philosophy of youth ministry that promotes taking intentional steps to being more involved in family life. He wrote that in 1998. Uh, Here's another book, um, Rethink, Uh, again American, um, but this book um, backs up its argument that youth ministry in America is not working with plenty of figures. They're saying youth workers are going up and youth is going down. Um, Steve Wright and Chris Graves say this, It's time for us to be honest about our struggles and frantic lifestyles. It's time to admit that the current student model, uh, ministry model, isn't isn't aligned with the biblical framework. God created family. God created church. And in his wisdom, he created the two to function together. The biblical ideal is one of family supporting the church and church supporting the family. But it's not happening today. What God has joined together, man has separated over time. Rethink was published in uh, 2008. So in America, over 10 years, they've learned absolutely nothing about working with uh, youth and families together. Uh, And I wonder, after reading uh, last um, April, it was actually, that um, Evangelical Alliance's Idea magazine published an article, uh, sort of front cover one there, The Child Exodus, um, whether we're not learning either. Um, They quote Christian research as estimating that the church will have lost 1.1 million children between the uh, years of 1990 and 2020. In 30 years, 1.1 million children gone from the church. Um, The statistician Peter Briley, who's a man I really respect, um, says this. The rise of the number of youth workers in recent years has meant that the church has not lost as many young people as it could have done. But I think he's wrong. Um, what if it's the other way around, as those American studies were suggesting? And I guess that's our confession that Tamar and I want to make this morning. Um, we, along with many others, have grown to believe that the rise in youth ministry and youth and children's works um, has actually, maybe, contributed in some way to this exodus of young people uh, from the church. might sound surprising to hear us say that as youth workers, but I think it's true. And our thinking starts with some very clear biblical teaching that maybe we've forgotten and Tamar's going to help us to have a look at that. Okay, so um, you'll each need one of these handouts. If you haven't got any, we've got some spare here, but there should be enough on your tables. And what we're going to do is we're going to do a bit of colouring in, spot the children's worker. Um, So in in your table groups, what we'd love you to do is um, maybe pick up, you've got different felts, four different colours in a minute, and underline in one colour what God says he wants children to do. So you're looking for words like listen or obey. So that'll be one colour in a minute. Got it up here. What kids should know? So what should they know in order to live like that? We hear what they should do, but what do they need to know to be able to live like that? Um, Then if you can colour in words like commandments and so on in another colour. The third colour you're going to be using to underline or circle, highlight, whatever you choose to do with the felt tips. How uh, children will know these things how they're going to actually pick up what they need to know and do. Who's going to pass them on to them? So words like impressed, you're going to be highlighting. And then the fourth colour is 
whose job is that? Looking out for words that indicate what the Bi- who the Bible teaches is responsible for these children to know and do and have these things passed on. So whose job is it and where they're going to pick it up? So four different co- colours. doesn't have to match the ones on the screen, but if you just want to spend some time in your groups doing a bit of colouring in. <laughs> If we come back together, well, I don't know if your sheet looks something like this. I didn't underline so much as um, highlight. Oh, some of it's gone off the screen. Um, but you've got there things like uh, the Bible clearly teaches that children need to be those who listen, who keep God's commands, be obedient. Um, what they need to know are God's commandments, are praiseworthy deeds. Uh, of the Lord, his power, his wonders there in Psalms and his law. How are we going to know these things? I think the, the, the passage it comes clearest from is the Deuteronomy 6 uh, passage, the idea that they need to be impressed upon them, talked about, instructed, taught. Um, Ephesians goes even further, doesn't it? It talks about training um, uh, the children. And whose job is it? Well, I think clearly, as you see in the red, it's uh, their children and fathers and your children and my son. So it's it's parents. It talks about, in Deuteronomy, doesn't it, things at home, when they're watching telly, when they're walking to school, at bedtime, at first time in the morning. I love the kids in forward, but it's not me who tucks them up and it's not me who gives them breakfast, which is a good thing if you saw me first thing in the morning. So it's a parent's job. In scripture, God clearly sets out that the principle that many, many churches around uh, the UK are losing sight of, that the primary responsibility for raising children in godliness belongs to the parents. So does that mean my gig team can get their Friday nights back by quitting? Well, no, just if you're on youth or, or kids team, just hold fire. Because we need to remember that God calls and gifts individuals to be pastors and teachers um, to be shepherds and carers, to teach and preach corporately and not just at home. So, of course, churches can employ youth workers. That's good. We're not going to get the sack. Gareth's not going to come back from sabbatical and find out he hasn't got a job. We can be running Sunday school, but the primary responsibility um, to disciple children and young people um, lies with the parents. And the church is to support them in that, simply partner with them. And yet in so many churches... Um, that is forgotten. It's reversed. Parents sort of offload their children for Sunday school or pay for a youth worker desperately hoping uh, that he can fix their wayward uh, offspring because he knows how to use an iPod. And the church, the church kind of becomes a disciple and the parents support by providing the transport and the cash flow, which doesn't make sense biblically from the colouring in you've just done or practically. Imagine our average 13-year-old in uh, Fullwood, they come along to EFK and, and Pathfinders, maybe they come along to Bible study too, they haven't had of those hours in, and they go to the odd special event, and weekend away, well you've got the hours there, obviously the weekend away depends on how early they go to bed or how late they stay up, but that's, that's sort of the rough hours, and you top that up, and you'll see that actually the tight uh, leader spends with young people, the average 13 year old in Fullwood, comes to about... 10 days. So there's a year, and that's your 10 days. And even if you add on a camp, there's still all this time that leaders aren't with uh, the children. 
Which is why parent partnership is so important, isn't it? It's a biblical mandate, and parents see their children every single day. And so our job is just to encourage and support parents in that. And sometimes that's really hard to know how to do. And I've got to say um, that we're far from getting it right. Um, but if that's a biblical responsibility, then how do we put it into practice? And how do you, small group leaders, help the families in your group put it into practice? Well, we want to think through a bit more about reinforcing the importance of home life, talk through some ideas, even though um, we still haven't quite nailed the practice ourselves. So parents are the primary disciples of children. As we read our Bibles, we see it over and over again in all of those passages that we've just looked at with Deuteronomy, with Ephesians, with Psalms, Proverbs. The Old Testament is full of characters like David and Jacob who are held accountable for their children. When you get to the New Testament, you find that church leaders have first got to sort out their own families before they become church leaders. Um, These things show us over and over again that parents are the primary disciples of children. If you don't go away with anything else today, go, go away with that in, in your heads. Um, in his uh, book, um, Revolutionary Parenting, this another American one you can tell from the title, can't you? Um, George Barner says this, the responsibility for raising spiritual champions, only an American could write that as well, um, according to the Bible, belongs to parents. The spiritual nurture of children is supposed to take place in the home. Organisations from outside Outside the home may support these efforts, but the responsibility is firmly laid at the feet of family. And I love this bit. This is not a job for specialists. It's a job for parents. Not a job for specialists, a job for parents. So basically, when I get to heaven, uh, I know that God is going to take Claire and me, but pr- principally me, I think, as the father, um, and um, say, well, why did Ollie, Tashlani and Kez turn out like they did? Uh, yes, they will have a personal responsibility to how they respond to Jesus. That's true and right and proper. But he will also come to me and check how proactive I've been in helping them to grow as disciples of Christ. The Bible says that parents are the primary responsible people responsible for children. Okay, so if you um, just flip over your sheet, it'd be great if you could just spend some time in your group. Again, just brainstorming why you think it is that actually parents um, may not be doing that. What kind of reasons they may come up with for not taking that responsibility? And there's a little space in your box to write some of those answers down. Um, Here's um, a list that um, Steve Wright comes up with in his book. You'll probably have picked up a number of these as you've gone along. And I I just want to run through them and apologise Um, Bear with me and you'll see why I want to apologise. Let's just take those first two statements. I'm too busy providing for my kids. I'll bring them to church to take care of their spiritual needs. We pay the youth workers to do that. Um, EA, Evangelical Alliance, on the back of that article that I mentioned in their magazine, had a conversation with a number of characters. Here's something that uh, Alan Charter of Scripture Union said at that discussion. Of the 
We've got to stop cutting families out of children's formation. So we want to apologise. We are sorry as youth and children's workers that we have allowed or even helped parents abdicate that responsibility over the years. A responsibility that the Bible very clearly lays at their feet, not ours. So QXUCs 3, 4 and 5. Well, next one. We're not as cool as the youth leaders. I mean, I'm sorry about that, okay? It's a hard act to follow looking at us. Um, no, sorry. Um, that's excuse free. Um, my kids won't listen to me. Or it's too late to start now. I've got teenagers. So we are sorry that we have uh, inadvertently encouraged parents to leave spiritual responsibility to the professionals. Um, uh, Parents shouldn't look at youth and children's ministries or youth work movements or parachurch organisations and think, oh, there's no way I could be that cool and trendy. There's no way I could teach my children that well. Um, Carry on down the list and we'll get more insights into what's going wrong. I can't disciple because I've never been disciple myself. I'm just not a teacher. I don't know the Bible well enough. Um, If you've been to our gospel-centred family courses, you'll have seen this little clip before, but it's a great one, so I'm going to show it again. This is how Ardman Animations sum up family life. There's always that thing of families. There are bonds that are very strong, and loyalties and all those things that hold the family together. And then they're usually balanced by He's spot on, isn't he? I think that even the best prepared parents would feel ill-equipped at raising children uh, Christianly. Family is hard work, isn't it? But wouldn't it be great if our church and our, particularly our youth and children's work was structured in such a way that one of its main aims was to resource parents to bring up their children and disciple their own children? Um, which brings us to the last thing we want to talk about this morning. And now don't get me wrong here, I don't think we have uh, never helped families or that we aren't helping families to a certain extent, but we've been thinking long and hard about how we can develop as a church family and as a youth, children's and families department to help families of all shapes and all sizes more in this exciting job of discipling children, because it is exciting. Um, Wayne Rice, who is um, a veteran youth leader um, in America, um, here's a little quote from him. You know, I, I, I'm a big fan of this stuff right here. It's epoxy. You know what epoxy is? It's, uh, it's, it's, it actually comes in two tubes. You've got a, a white tube and a, and a black tube here, or blue and, and orange. And it's two substances that when you put them together and you mix them together, you can use this to glue anything back together. I mean, I, I use it on motors. I use it on concrete. I, I fix fishing poles with this stuff. It's amazing how hard and what a great bonding agent this is. And you know what? That's a lot like it is in youth ministry. You've got parents, you've got youth workers. We can't do it. Neither one of us, you know, these substances are no good by themselves, but you mix them together and you get something that is powerful. I disagree with him to a certain extent. I think parents on their own could manage fine. I think it'd be great. 
Um, but I do heartily agree with him um, when we get it right as far as church um, and youth workers and children's workers supporting families in the job that they've been given. I think it can be something that's really powerful indeed. And you as small group leaders are key us talking to you this morning. Let me just explain a little bit of our um, youth work history um, here. Uh, this is Dave Fenton's Ways In, Ways Through. He was my predecessor here at Christchurch. And this is the way we've thought about youth work for years and years and years. Um, the big box is the church. Um, and at every point in a child's development, we want to create a way into church. So whether that's um, through the, the school's work, whether it's through playgroups, whether it's through clubs or whatever, we want to make a way into church. And then at every point in a child's development, whether they're in the church or not in the church, we want to create a way through to the next step up. So the gig come to EFK, come to Slater's, or if you're talking about in, inside the church, it's uh, from uh, Pathfinders to Sunday AM and the like. Um, so we want to create ways in and ways through. Um, however, we want to try and think differently now. Um, the, the Bible makes it very clear that if children are grown, going to grow and know Jesus better, then the best place for that to happen is in the home. And yeah, we know that's not going to be possible for one reason or another for every young person who comes here. And we do need to be careful, um, especially caring for those young people who aren't going to get that at home. Um, But we want to start thinking families at each point in our ways in and ways through principles. In absolutely everything we do, we want to think family. So take the... um non-churched young person who turns up at a club. We no longer want to just see them in isolation, but actually about reaching their whole family. So a week on Tuesday, you could be praying for the the start, the launch of Commotion, a club for infants club. That's actually a gap in the way in at the moment. We've got loads going on with preschool and playgroup. And then for non-church children, um, there's nothing organised with Bible teaching until they're year three with gig, unless they come on a Sunday. So we're starting this club. But we don't just want to reach the reception year one, year two children. We actually want to reach their parents. And so we're going to be running a coffee time along at the same time, trying to reach them, build bridges uh, between church and non-church families. In gig, in a month's time, we've got a talent show uh, for the children to perform, but we're also inviting the parents to come along and watch, hopefully chat over a meal, but also listen to a gospel talk. And wouldn't it be great if we see not just children saved, but whole families saved and grown together in the gospel? And then when you get into the church, um, well, at every point we want to be thinking families too. As you move up through that system inside the church there, uh, we want parents. Um, we want, well, we want to help parents and we want you to help parents to have that responsibility to take spiritual leadership at home seriously when you're sitting down and walking along the road and such like. Um, we want people to feel equipped to be able to do that as well. So where actually, actually do you fit in as small group leaders? Um, well, we'd like you to start thinking families in everything that you do. Um, here's some ideas. So the first idea is just thinking about how you apply um, within your small group. So James is going to be absolutely uh, full uh, of l- loads of great things to learn and loads of great things to know, but m- more than that, it's going to be loads of things to apply. And home is where loads of a- application can be done. So in your small groups, um, can I be- encourage you to leave time to talk through uh, those implications, including within your own family context? It's so easy, isn't it, as leaders, for us to think outside of the home. Uh, but as, though, as leaders, we need to be, actually be those modelling what discipleship looks like within our homes. And wouldn't it be great in our small groups 
if we could encourage an atmosphere of openness and accountability um, by talking about um, you, how you disciple in your own children. Uh, maybe you could be sharing your triumphs and your struggles. Um, and wouldn't it be great to have questions, things like, uh, how is this, as we're reading it, going to help us disciple our families? Or maybe as you're reviewing uh, after a couple of weeks and there's been a gap with church family prayer, how's the gospel tra- transformed your parenting practices over the past couple of weeks? Maybe you want to ask, in what specific ways is what we've read uh, going to help you engage with your spouse, your children, your siblings, as you live out the teaching in James? We all need it, don't we? We all need these constant, regular reminders uh, of our responsibilities to our families. Um, another thing you could do is good, encourage good foundational thinking. We think that we have some very good foundational courses on marriage and what it's about as far as the Bible's concerned, and family as far as what it's about and what the Bible's concerned. The gospel-centred marriage and gospel-centred family courses are great. They are six to five, six or five week short courses um, which give a very good biblical perspective on those two things. Encourage people who are at the right stage in your group to do those courses. Uh, I'd say they're probably right at any stage to tell you the truth. Um, but have a think about who in your group you could encourage to do that. And I, I, I dare to say this with Andrew sat there, but why not give them five weeks off to go and come to one of these courses? Um, because I think you will set a very good foundation in place. Um, I didn't ask him if I could say that, but there you go. And I'm sure that some of you have got the thought going through your head, yeah, but what about the people in my group who don't have children? I think sometimes that we shy away from um, family applications because we're afraid of upsetting or alienating people in our groups. However, it's good to remember that those people are maybe children or they've got brothers or sisters. In one way or another, they are in a family. And um, they need to be working at their immediate relationships as much as anyone else. I know for a long time, I was really lazy about my relationships uh, with my siblings. And never once did I feel challenged by my small group. Um, regard, because no challenge was given regarding them. And so it's easy for me to, to continue not to work on it. But I think it's that, and I think it's more than that too. I think if we're teaching biblically about our families, then uh, folk without children will see how important families are, and they'll also see their role as spiritual family. So if you're a parent here, maybe you could encourage a single person in your group to be involved in your children's lives. Perhaps you could invite them now and again to help lead your family devotion time. Maybe you could encourage them to join with you and learn with you what it means to be doing uh, family discipleship. Value them. Include them. Uh, Get them to join in with you sociably so that they have more than just a window into family life. Or if there's those in your group who maybe no longer have children at home, well, Are you encouraging them to pray together and and partner with parents, passing on their wisdom? Regardless of our status, we need to be those who are turning our homes, whoever we share them with, into centres for spiritual formation. Uh, And fourthly, think think carefully about your socials. Um, When you have a chance to get your whole group together um, for a social, can you do things in such a way that whole families can come? Um, uh, When you go on weekends away... Um, how can you make it easier for whole families to come? 
And when you do those things and you have those opportunities to have the whole families there, I don't know how it works or how it has worked in your houses in the past, but so often they get segregated into different rooms. You sort of, you know, they disappear or the young people go off doing one thing and the adults still stay together anyway, so you might as well not even try. Um, so you need to structure things in a way which make that easier. We did a, a family quiz at one of our socials and uh, during our weekend away we um, modelled some... Um, uh, family together Bible study at breakfast table and things like that. So have a think about how you can build those things in in a helpful way. So application, good thinking. Uh, bearing in mind those who don't have families, uh, well, children at home, thinking about socials. There are just four ways um, that you, as small group leaders, could be helping us equip our families within church. But there's plenty more you could do, and we'd love to hear your ideas as well. And we thought it'd be good now just to actually uh, bed that in a bit more by um, looking at some scenarios. So on your sheet, there's four scenarios. Just maybe pick a couple as a group and discuss how you as a small group could equip parents in discipling their kids. Okay. Uh, Plenty to get your teeth into there and have a think through. And we've got no silver bullet for all of this stuff, but it is this thinking. I think we need to change our thinking to think families all the time. Um, uh, so in conclusion, um, from our end, we are going to be um, uh, trying to shift our responsibility for children's spiritual well-being back in the biblically ordained, ordained direction of parents. Um, and we'd love you to continue to encourage this too. Uh, We'll be working flat out from our end to do it and you'll see all sorts of ways hopefully so far in which that's happened. Um, If you've got your own children uh, then you will be receiving a gold mine of uh, stuff back from kids stuff um, uh, to enable you to engage with what they're learning on a Sunday um, for the rest of the week. Encourage parents to use that, use it yourself. Um, uh, One of the big things that we think could help as we've chatted through this is to get um, uh, everybody being taught the same thing um, across uh, in the church and across here on a Sunday morning as well. Um, That's happening with the uh, 14s to 18s this time as Joe's teaching the same stuff at Sunday AM as we'll be doing in the morning services that should provoke um, some discussion over the Sunday dinner table and throughout the week and we're going to try and move more and more where that's appropriate towards all ages teaching what we're learning in the morning services as well um, uh, family I don't quite know what to call it, if anybody's got an idea of how, what we might call this, I, I've put church family together spots um, <laughs> in the morning services they're not children's spots they're church family together spots um, uh, they will be coming back in soon um, so keep an eye out for those and that should again give us points of contact where we're all um, learning the same sort of stuff um, uh, uh, we've got parents forums and seminars remember the 3D thing we did and there's a parents forum tomorrow that's our first one um, and um, I think Tamar would say she's encouraged that 40% of parents seem to have signed up but there's still 60% of parents who haven't um, so it'd be great and you can still come along if you want tomorrow afternoon at 4.15 and we'll see how that goes but that should be a great, another great opportunity just to engage together on these things Um, And there's one other thing which we're hoping will raise the profile of this sort of thinking. So we're also um, currently reviewing the Youth, Children and Families Department aims and objectives. And that's going to involve um, producing a new team handbook, which will include expectation and teaching on families. And it's also going to be rebranded so it's more in line with church. 
I've also spent some time going through um, this book um, that is uh, with Andrew and Joe, and it's just full of really practical suggestions about how we can move to having a church that is a family-equipping church worth looking at, worth picking up. And from this uh, book comes a questionnaire. Um, you don't each have a copy, but I did leave some examples on your table. It's, it's, um, it's just a questionnaire looking at family needs, family practices. And we're hoping to give this out in September and um, spend some time chatting with families as we visit. Now, it's worth you knowing this, uh, because some in your group might feel like they're having a bit of an Ofsted inspection. And that's not the case at all. These questionnaires are not about that. Really, it's just to help inform us and and improve at being those who are uh, equipping and partnering with families. So these questionnaires are going to be given out in September and we're going to go through them with families. So if you want to take one, look at it. I've got a few spare as well here. Um, we've put on the bottom of your sheet there a little space where you could say, hey, I had this thought. Um, uh, you as youth and children's workers maybe would like to think this thing through. Um, and as you chatted on your table, maybe you've come up with some things. We'd love to know those any time. You don't have to just write on your piece of paper. You could hand it in now if you want to. But uh, email Tamar or myself or Joe um, and let us know if there are things that you um, come up with that we could help with and could continue to resource this sort of thinking and this sort of stuff. Um, other than that, um, any thoughts, any questions? Over to you. It's always nice to finish earlier. Oh, I jumped that on you a bit there, didn't I? Sorry. What's the plan? Just explain what Well, the idea is um, there'll be a number of things that, that, that happen all sort of at the same time. I think we're, we're, we're trying to just raise the profile of this sort of thinking and, and the, the way the questionnaire will work. Um, Tamar's done it before, so she might be better at answering this. Um, but we'll, we'll just give it to parents and, and get it back. Um, it's, is it, it's anonymous, isn't it? Yeah, it can be anonymous. It can be anonymous. Um, so it gets them to begin to think, and then we should have some figures as to how it's actually going in home. We've got a lot of sort of subjective idea of how it's going on in people's homes. But I think then we'll get this full picture of what's going on, and we'll be able to act on it a little bit more. Um, so that's the thinking behind it. So it will just go out, and then we'll have some figures as to... You know, I, want, we, we, I did a while ago, I think it was about, it was just after my last sabbatical actually, so it must be about six years ago. Um, I shouldn't be here this morning really, I'm going to get told off. Um, but uh, we asked teenagers um, how often they sat down with parents and opened the Bibles, or how often they prayed, and it was shocking the results. Um, uh, the, the, the lack of that sort of thing that was going on in home, uh, never mind just the ongoing spiritual conversations. And I think when I um, did the survey in Highfields, I was expecting one set of results, but actually got a very different feedback. Um, and what, what struck me most was that parents were very much aware that they were primary disciples, but it, the knowledge sort of stopped there. So they knew that bit. Um, so I've gone, oh, I need to help. <laughs> How arrogant am I? Um, educate that. And I was wrong. Um, but actually that got me thinking, well, then what do we need to do? Do we need to free up our programmes a little less? How can we... If they know they're the primary disciples, but they're not managing it, there's a disconnect. That's what we can work with. And so it sort of... It did begin to shape my thinking, but then a church called Fullwood came along and I never got much further. Okay. Can I just encourage you, uh, after the Heroes... uh, 
talk to, you had the heroes, kids <coughs> that you really worked hard to bring families in afterwards and you know, take them buzzing. Mm -hmm. so, more Great, and we will do more of that. However, I would throw it back at you and say there were a lot of families who could have come who weren't there. When we do our church family picnic, when we do our uh, pantos, when we do our Christmas service, there's loads of stuff that gets put on, which again just involves you thinking about the other families that you could, that, or your small group thinking about the other families that could come along to those sort of things. So we can put the event on, but actually the, the real hard relationship work needs to be done with neighbours. But thank you. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, well, let me, let me finish. Um, here's a, a little quote from uh, Wayne Rice, who we heard from earlier on. He says, family-based youth ministry isn't a programme, it's rather a paradigm shift. It's a whole change of thinking that I think needs to happen. We've had 50 years of this build-up of youth works sneaking away with this responsibility that parents should have had and I think it's a foundational change which is why we've come to talk to you today because it's not just the youth workers who need to get this, it's the whole congregation uh, that needs to get it um, uh, and Tamar's just going to finish and pray for us I think Yeah, sorry, pray Father God we thank you uh, so much that you have brought us into your family Thank you that we are children of God, not because of anything we have done, but because of what Jesus has done for us. Father, thank you too for the families you've placed us in, for those who maybe uh, taught us from a young age what it means to know Jesus, to love Jesus, to live for Jesus. Thank you for those uh, examples that have gone before us, who've modelled uh, to us what it really means to be your disciple. And we do pray... Uh, for our families in the church. Pray for um, them as they seek to bring up their children to love and fear the Lord with the different pressures uh, that's on them, some of which we've talked about today. We pray for protection over our families. Pray that you would be uh, uh, watching over them and helping them keep you central in their homes. Pray for those times around your word that they would be uh, real precious moments uh, that as we look at James that homes would be applying it together young and old and we pray pray for these guys as small group leaders that you would help us as leaders to to live what we're teaching uh, that we would be those who are prioritizing our family and uh, learning together with our families how we can be transformed by the gospels please would you uh, help us get that shift right, uh, help us to equip, not to burden, help us to inspire and help us to uh, work things out together. Thank you that you have placed us together so we can um, uh, be uh, one family learning in that way. And so we just place these things into your hands in Jesus' name. Amen.